You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome to another episode of the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling presented by the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. I'm your host, Mr. Green, and it is another week in, which means another edition of WOW, which is, I guess, basically what this uh, show has become, has become a, uh, a ongoing review of the episodes of WOW that, that take place, and of course we sprinkle it in with a, a little bit of a wrestling uh, talk. It's not it's not totally subject to WoW, but we you know we we get in and out of that as uh, time uh, permits. <clears throat> as I stated before, I'm your host, Mr. Green. If you are listening to this for the first time, you can uh, catch this podcast on a couple of different platforms. We are available where greater podcasts are presented, including iTunes, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, so on and so forth. So, uh, if you have not subscribed, and and of course it goes out to pushed out to YouTube. Uh, please do subscribe to wherever it is that you happen to be listening to me right now. Um, I, I do have one notable thing that I, I should bring up here because uh, generally speaking, when I drop these podcasts, I drop them about 9 p.m. Well, I ain't going to say 9 about. It is. It drops at 9 p.m. Saturday night. Directly after WoW goes off the air. It is set as a premiere. So the second that WoW ends, the review of this uh, of the episode that we've just watched goes up. Now, I know some people question how am I able to do that. I don't think it's a, a, any big secret that I, I, I do view these episodes slightly ahead of the general public, which is why those reviews are there at the time frame that you're seeing them. I bring that up to say this. As I'm recording this, it is on uh, Friday night. And uh, I, I'm not totally aware that if I will get this out to the, uh, the, the, the it's Saturday morning release as normal. Now, if you happen to be seeing this as Saturday at, at, during the premiere hours, then, then yay, I must have made it. But I'm not entirely sure that I will do that right now. So I just wanted to make sure that I, I bring it up that uh, it, it is not an intentional thing. It just so happens I'm, a, I'm away from uh, my editing equipment at the moment. And I don't know if I would have the time to uh, put this together as I would the normal podcast. If I manage to get it, then that's great. If not, you're probably seeing this, or at least it went up either a Monday or Tuesday, somewhere along those lines. It's weird, man, when you have a podcast, because you have this kind of time frame. You're recording it in the future. It should be uh, it should be going up on a certain date, but you know, I'm speaking past tense. So it's, it's just it's a lot of those little things that's going on as, as it relates to 
uh, the podcast. But needless to say, it will go up. It, it will go up one way or the other. So just uh, just kind of stay tuned for that. And if you have supported it thus far, I certainly appreciate the support of uh, the, the the listening of the podcast and going on to the uh, YouTube channel and viewing the videos. Uh, and, and speaking of that, because of this potential uh, lost time frame that I'm dealing with, I've decided to bring a match forward a little bit faster than what I was going to originally do. Originally, I was gonna, it was going to drop in November, but because of, uh, of all of this right now, I think I'll be trying to push that up uh, to, at the very least November 1st. Uh, it would be the natural born legend, Crystal Rose, taking on the former NWA Women's World's Champion, Casey Carlisle. So that, that'll that'll be cool. Speaking of the natural born le- legend, Crystal Rose, uh, she, she put up some pictures showcasing her at the NWA Power TV tapings right here in Atlanta. She, she's uh, getting the, the opportunity that she had the chance to get in the ring with Marty Bell. Have a what was a, a looked to be a competitive matchup. I have to go back and I have to watch the episodes. Uh, well, I well, I'm actually pretty well caught up. I just haven't seen the most recent one, I haven't seen episode three of NWA Power. But you know, as I'm talking about that, I might as well go into some of NWA Power. It, it, it is a really good show, really good show. It's really, really easy to digest, much the same way I said about. A wild superhero some time ago. You know, it's an hour worth of, a little less than an hour. It has a very nostalgic feel. It's, uh, you know, you kind of get what you get. I mean, yes, it is shot and edited. So it's not entirely like live. And if you mess up, it's not as if they can't take it out. However, the show in and of itself is uh, constructed to feel live. I, I, I must say it's not... And you'll probably hear me talk about some of this as, as it relates to WoW. It's not overly edited. It's, it doesn't do, do a lot of cuts back and forth. What happens in the ring, you know, is is the real showcase there. Well, well in terms of, the, you know, the in-ring work, there's not a lot of cutting away from it because a lot of those guys, they, they, are, they are pros, a lot of the girls too. I mean, I don't want to exclude them. Um so you can you can watch those matches in its entirety and, and it comes off really smooth. I saw Allison K, the NWA um, Women's World Champion, and her walk out, I think, for the first time with the uh, Mildred Burke-inspired world's title. And and the match that she had, she had it really good. If you haven't if you haven't seen uh, Allison K in action on that particular episode, this episode two, you should go back and watch. You should watch the whole thing. But I know the people that tune in to this tune in for a lot of the women's wrestling. You should uh, go and check her out. She's she's fantastic. One, I love me some Allison K. Um, so yeah, that and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Natural Born Legend. I'm pretty sure she was just Crystal Rose there. There's a lot of people that that have uh, that I found that appeared on the NWA Power show that uh, are local to me. As I have stated before, I, I do this program out of Atlanta or just outside of it. And uh, so it's a lot of that talent that I get to uh, interact or come across with on a, a fairly you know regular basis. So it, it's, it's cool, man. It's cool to see them at least get the opportunity 
to uh, showcase themselves on a on another platform. So, uh, but all of that to say, I mean, to rope it back around to the original point of me bringing it up, the match, Crystal Rose, the natural born legend, the current Peach State Women's Wrestling Alliance champ, women's champion, uh, defending her title against uh, the queen of wrestling, as she calls herself, Casey Carlisle, former NWA Women's World Champion. I'm going to push that out a little bit sooner than what I was going to do originally, just because of uh, the air or the potential error in this podcast going out. So you get get a little bit of a bonus happening there uh, going forward. Uh, one other thing before we go into the review of WoW would be the uh, release or the recent release of 2K20. I mean, <laughs> I, generally speaking, I get the, the uh, WWE games once a year. I go out and I, I you know I usually pay for it to get the, the upfront um, deal, the, the download, the DLCs, and all to get the season pass. You know that that's the whole nine yards. But uh, you know for whatever reason, I, I I didn't go and and uh pick it up this year. I, I was just going to I wasn't going to wait a, a excessively long time. But I, I just didn't get in line for it just right off the bat. I, I thought the, com- the commercials always look good. When they release those and they have the, the stars in it, I mean, the, what, the one that I liked in particular was uh, the Hogan-Austin exchange. They are like, hey, it's pretty cool to have the, the man be a woman inside of our club. And Hogan says, yeah, brother, but we, but we all know who the man was in our era. And as he's saying that, you know, the, the – other people who might have stake on being the man start appearing, like Sting, and they and they all kind of slide and say, "Yeah, we know." And Sting, and then it's Bret Hart, and then it's Shawn Michaels. So, I mean, I, I thought that that was a really cool commercial. They, they always present a really nice commercial. Um, but in any case, I, I I didn't go and pick it up. I was planning on picking it up, but then I saw all the reviews. Man, I <laughs> I don't know if I've seen the amount of crap that has been tossed on to WWE 2K like I have right now. I mean, well, I shouldn't say 2K, but just just any game within that franchise. It has always had glitches. Let let's let's clarify that the the glitch isn't necessarily a new thing. The amount of glitches that they have, however, is insane. It, it is just beyond ridiculous. I mean, now, I refuse. At this point, having seen the stuff and, and, uh, and the reviews from various people, reading the articles, seeing the videos posted online, at this stage, I refuse to go buy that game. I might get it, you know. One thing you can count on with a 2K game because they they they're once a year, every year. You can always count on them to uh, drop the price. I would say three to four months into that game existed. So I'm figuring about March, April, yeah, maybe, maybe. Because if if they're gonna have any patches to fix that game, if they're gonna have anything, you know, any updates. That's going to take care of the glitches and all that stuff. It should be happening. It, it should be well done by then. 
and it should be a, a reasonable price, I, I would assume. So I'm planning on doing it about then, but there's no way that I'm picking it up now. What I would like, if there's anybody that has the game, you know, uh, drop drop a line, you know, drop drop a comment in the comment section below or on our Facebook. L- let me know what you thought about it. You know, I, I, there, there is one, I think, that's on our page. I, I'll get to that. And I'll, I'll read that in a second. Uh, but it is so bad that WWE Games from 2K had, had to issue a statement. And that should tell you something. That's pretty bad. And it, we've not gotten to this point before where they got to issue a statement on how bad this thing is. But they issued a statement. They issued it uh, as I'm recording this you know, today, the October 25th. And it goes as follows. You can go on uh, on their Twitter and you can see it. We are listening closely to the feedback that's been shared regarding, regarding WWE 2K20 and are aware of the concerns some players are reporting. We are working hard to investigate these concerns and address them as necessary. We expect to have an initial patch ready in the next two weeks with others to follow. Stay tuned to WWE Games social media channels for more information. <sighs> Having a full-on trend <laughs> for how bad your game is, hashtag fix WWE 2K20. To have a full-on trend for this game says a lot. And, well, I mean, it's, it's probably the only way that you can really get heard. And uh, so for whoever started that, you did, you did a fantastic job. That's, that's about the best I can say. It, it is, uh, it's, I guess, admirable that the company decided to address it, even though they really haven't addressed all that much. You know, we, we hear your concerns and we'll get back to it and this, that. You know, they, they really didn't say a lot in that, but they at least know that exists. And like I said, making them aware of it through any means that you can make it make them aware does account for something because believe me, they, there, there are video game companies that would have just as soon left that thing on the shelves without doing anything for it. They, they could have just uh, moved on and let people pay the amount of money that they was going to pay. I think I think the lowest price that you could pay for that was like 60 bucks. I know some people paid higher than that. Like 100, 120 for the uh the the gold editions and whatnot. But now this is what I don't understand. How do you mess up the gold edition the the the, the physical items that you're supposed to get? They said that you're supposed to get something from Becky Lynch and they wind up getting things from Edge. Like, how do you mess that up in the same year that the game is going to mess up? I'm like, really? Y- y'all couldn't have gotten that together? Ah, boy. Anyway, um, Adam Sonata, who I want to thank for giving me a little bit of an update on our Facebook page, wrote in to a post that I, that I had about the, the trend of hashtag fix WWE 2K20 and that it was trending worldwide. Um, he put this in, which I wasn't aware of at the time, and we'll, we'll keep it clean. I know some of the content creators on YouTube are legitimately giving back their paychecks and giving honest reviews about how bad the game really is. And even the guy who does 
the Who Chris Danger videos, the guy who has a huge boner for these games, has said that this game is a real nightmare to edit due to it glitching and technical errors all the time. From a marketing standpoint, they patched this bocce POS and focus on how to make the future games better and stable or quit making them all together. Sony is now demanded that they repair the the game or they will no longer sell their I'm sorry some of this, some of this got off track. <laughs> All right, let me let me get, get, get that. Sony is now demanded that they repair the game or they will no longer sell uh because of how many people have demanded refunds. So I had to clean that up at the, in the back end. But yeah, I, that that was uh, something he sent in and that that was uh uh a little bit of an, an an update to me because I, I I posted about the hashtag, but I didn't know that YouTubers were out there actively giving back paychecks to um <laughs> because of how bad the game is. I mean that, whew, I don't know that that's something. In any case, we will move on. I, that that was just a little bit of a side note. I just had to bring that up because I I do enjoy playing the game. Sometimes I. I'll put it on there. You know, I don't do a lot of it because I I never focused myself on fixing my stream to be able to get a smooth thing from my 2K19 to my computer. Perhaps I should do that now because apparently 2K19 is a superior product. And if you haven't watched any of the, uh, the, the clips of 2K20, if you wanted to know what I'm talking about, you should go online. You should go look at somebody who's done a full cut scene of those. Even the cut, or the cut scenes look to the graphics of that. Oh, they look terrible. Look like something. That, I mean, uh, let me not say look terrible, but they look outdated. That's probably a better way to put it. They look like they belong on a PS2, and that's fine if you had a PS2. But I'm on the Xbox One, and it should look better than this. Anyhow, Wow, Episode Seven. We have uh, addressed the last time that WoW has a formula, and the formula has remained the same. Nothing has really changed here in, in terms of how this show is presented, and that's fine. And I know some people <laughs> might have thought that I came off a little harsh or uh, uh, harder than normal than, than I would have with the uh, WoW Episode 6 like I said, at some point it, it just you know, it it just didn't do it for me for whatever reason. It just did not make it for me. But this one is a is a much better episode uh, for various reasons. Now that it does have its downs points, and we'll go into that. Uh, the the first thing is of course the opening recap. We're recapping the the main event story arc with Tessa Blanchard and how she's manipulated the title scene and the the Beast Jungle Girl storyline. So so we have now set the stage for that. It starts off uh with a video clip following that. Basically, you know, Jungle Girl speaking very bluntly to the camera about, you know, what she's going to do. And then it goes into a Beast interview. David McClane's in the ring. The Beast comes out. This is a very short and sweet moment. The Beast doesn't say all that much. Normally, I would probably say that's crap. They need to go and do something else, but it's the Beast. And I honestly don't think that she, you know, strong and silent probably best for her. 
It's probably the best thing that she doesn't be out there cutting 10-minute promos. You know, it's part of the aura. It's part of, you know, it's, be be strong and, and side, you know. And if they're going to do that, stick with that. I don't mind her talking, but it, it's always been kind of succinct. It's always been kind of short, even like last week when she uh, brought the contract down to Tessa Blanchard, like sign the contract. That's it. She didn't hold no big conversation about it. So I think it works. I think it, it works well for the character that the beast is. And I, you know, I'm, I don't really like saying character all that much. But yeah, for, for the character that the beast is, I think it works. Uh, but this sets up the main event, which is without them actually titling it that, it is a number one contenders match for the Wild Championship with. Tessa Blanchard barred from ringside. Jungle Girl versus the Beast. Um, they might as well say part two because it's the second time that they've they're taking this match. And, you know, this is to settle it all. So we go from that to the next segment. It's the Monsters of Madness video package. And this sets up the Monsters of Madness's heels, which is good. I was happy to see this. Uh, I, I don't have any um, uh, concerns as it relates to Havoc or Hazard. Uh, Nevaeh, if I'm remembering her name correctly, outside of the Wild Universe, I know that they uh, are the killer death machines as outside of Wild. Inside of Wild, they're the Monsters of Madness. I don't mind the, the name change. It happens all the time. It's not a big deal. Um, they look good together. They look like a tag team. That, that's the first thing. They look like a tag team, and they are presented as badass. And as I just said, they pre- are presented as heels. And in a company where I have questioned certain people, like I don't know if they're heel, I don't know if they're babyface, I don't get it. You know, why is this heel taking on the next heel? They've had quite a bit of heel versus heel matches, quite frankly. But uh, uh, in, in a company where that where the lines are a little bit blurred and there's these shades of gray. I thought they, they did fantastic in, in letting setting the table for who Havoc and Hazard are. Um, you know, and, and it does a good job of transitioning Hazard, I mean not Hazard, transitioning Havoc out of the main event scene which she was part of into this tag team scene which she's a part of now. So all of that I liked. All of that I thought was was pretty good. It's moving along. They, you know, they, and it, of course they did it in a cinematic way. That's what they do. And this sets up the match, the first match, which is the Monsters of Madness versus the Bully Busters, which uh, they did make a point to let you know was not part of the tag team tournament. Which, which I don't know. You should know that already. I mean, they never mentioned. They never show the bracketing. They never show who's in and out of the of the tournament. I still get on them for that. I don't under, I don't get why they're, they're holding this up, other than it gives leeway for us to change it on the fly and not be criticized for it. But there are no brackets to, <laughs> to this tournament. But we know that the bullet busters were eliminated. They were eliminated round one, I think. So and and. Uh, well, I'm not going to say I think they were eliminated round one, and we know that that's that. The Bully Busters as a team uh, haven't really operated all that much. I think this is the second time in total that they've been on the show at all. Uh, 
So we have this. Uh, the match in and of itself, I, I think it, it was fine. Uh, the, the, the one criticism I've had with WoW and their matches at, at times, uh, and you can take this for what it's worth, it, it seemingly occurs during matches where there are less experienced wrestlers in the ring. It is overly edited. Overly edited to the point that sometimes I cannot follow what's going on on the screen. It's cutting back and forth between the overhead camera angle and the floor camera angle, then the opposite camera angle, then you know the the hard cam. It, it, it and they do it so fast and so frequently. It's like it's jarring. I know I've said this before, but it's, it's jarring. The constant flipping of the angles. And the cameras is jarring. They shouldn't do it. It should lighten up on that. If people in the ring aren't good enough to put on a decent match without having to cover up for it every two or three seconds, then they probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, but you know, and that's not a, that's not a shot at anybody because I know that they can do better than that. Havoc and Hazard alone could probably walk through most people in the ring to a decent match. Just keep it basic. That's all I mean. I'm sure that that's what they would wind up doing if they had to do it. Just keep it basic. And I, I don't know if that's some sort of uh, artistic thing, but I really wish they would knock it off. So anyway, but this is a squash match. There's no reason to call it anything other than this is a complete squash. It's no surprise. Uh, the Bully Busters showed very little offense. I mean, it you had a moment or two in there, but beyond that, it is all Monsters of Madness. Havoc comes off as the big bad bully. <laughs> you know, no pun intended in this in this match. And uh, Hazard is is uh, technical, but she's also able to kind of not brutalize, but beat up on kind in, in, a, in a kind of bruiser-ish style. But it all is it's a it's a squash. It's, it's a squash match and uh the Monsters of Madness win, as they should have. Now that that's one I, I agree with that. It's like, you know, I one thing another thing I should say that used to get me about it is they would have these video packages for people and then they go right out there and lose. <laughs> And it, it, which was funny, to, it shouldn't be funny, but it, it was like, come on, it, why, why put this time and effort into a video package for somebody and they go right out there and lose? Now, I understand the idea that just because we put a video package on shouldn't automatically mean that they should win, and that's true, because it's almost like giving away, it's a spoiler. But, you know, it, it, it got to a point where it's ha- kind of happening more often than not, so I'm glad that... In this case, the Monsters of Madness did their video package. They went out there and they won the match like they should have. And it was an old school squash match. It was no different than what I used to see when I was growing up where they just they have somebody else on the opposite side of the ring and it's a showcase. It was a showcase for the Monsters of Madness who were the stars in this particular instance. Uh, the one line of commentary in that match that struck me or that I was like, really? It was David McClain said, oh, the Bully Busters almost had it. I was like, what match are you watching? No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't almost have it. <laughs> I know this is a contrived thing, 
But in the kayfabe universe of wild superheroes, they did not almost have it. They were getting beaten. They had one flurry or two where, where Keita Rush got in there and she did a couple of things, but at no point in this match did I ever feel like they were close to a victory. I'm not sure what commentary he was doing. Next segment, the uh, video package with Sofia Lopez uh, and Serpentine and Reina Reyes, which is, again, kind of illustrating the puppet master ability of Sofia Lopez to have gotten these people title shots. Uh, I like this because it builds Sofia Lopez. Sofia Lopez is clearly the A manager of this show. She, I mean, I, I, I don't want to compare her to, to any other past managers, but as far as being the top manager within the WOW universe, I think that she has easily filled that slot. You know, if we look back at Sofia Lopez from the time that she's been introduced to WOW past the hiatuses up until this point, she has managed uh, Cage Heat, got them back to the tag team titles, although it, it was short-lived. She uh, helped Lana Starr get the Beverly Hills Babe on her side. She's been very much uh, in, in, influential in the uh, wild championship scene with Serpentine and Reina Reyes, even though she doesn't manage Reina Reyes, she kind of orchestrated how that uh, took place. Um, uh, Krumpus got her a main event match. So with all of this going on, Lopez, I think, has firmly established herself as the manager of WOW. Everybody else that's in there that's doing that is is pretty much secondary. You know, the, the Lopez is, has been at the, at the helm of this. And at this point, I would say, as she should be. Um, it, it, who who else could could fix the part? The only thing that I would say that I wish they would add to that is give us a little bit more talking time, you know, so it so we can really get get in and and understand who Lopez is and you know her motivations and so on. But I expect all of that will unfold as she is really kind of tied tightly to Tessa Blanchard, who is the Wild Women's Champion. And uh, Lopez has really not been joined by the hip with her, but she has been instrumental in, in everything that has taken place in the main event so far. So it, we go to the next segment, which is the match. That is uh, Serpentine being accompanied by Sofia Lopez and Reina Reyes uh, having their match, which very good, very good match. Less cutting back and forth is still in there, but less of that. And you can get to see these ladies do what they do best. Uh, I think Reyes, uh, Giselle Shaw, uh, trained by Lance Storm, I, uh, and I forget who Thunder Rosa is trained by, but both of these ladies have expertise outside of WOW. It shows. Uh, it was a great exchange of holes at the start. Before it got into, you know, the more high-flying stuff, it looked like two people trying to win a match with no cooperation between the two. It looked like two people that were trying hole for hole, which one is going to get the advantage here. That's what I enjoyed. 
And they went that far up until the point that, you know, we got our little standoff moment. They had the high-risk moves, you know, the uh, arm bar, springboard off of the, the top ropes and springboard cutters and, just, you know, just, just a lot of things showing how athletic the two of them are. And I would say, and I, I know I probably shouldn't be promoting any other you know, promoters and whatnot, but that's definitely a match that I would look forward to watching again under any circumstances, whether that be WoW or on the independent. So whether that be Serpentine versus Raina Reyes or Thunder Rosa versus Giselle, Giselle Shaw, I would love to see the match again. I thought they did a fantastic job, these two. Um, even though Serpentine is the heel here, much like the Thunder Rosa, I mean Thunder Rosa, much like the Tessa Blanchard match she had in the main event, uh, she has her support. She has her fan support out there. Um, which, again, not surprising, considering the shades of gray and all that stuff that had been going on. But Rez is the clear babyface here. Somewhere in the course of the match, the commentators uh, kind of make, well, I should say the commentators, David McClain specifically, kind of makes statements such as, you know, we don't know what kind of, uh, arrangement she has with uh, Sofia Lopez, kind of implying that she might have had some sort of to doings with with Lopez. Although you know, they start mentioning stuff that I that I personally cannot see unfold in front of me yet because they haven't done anything to really illustrate that. They haven't you know they haven't done anything to kind of bring bring that to to light. They they haven't dropped any. Uh, uh, hints or easter eggs or whatever to to make you believe it so i mean i can only go by his his statement that maybe that is the easter egg maybe him saying it is the line that like okay well maybe they have something going on together man maybe she is managing her on the side or something like that but uh it just seemed a little bit out of out of the blue to, to say that about reyes especially when she's come across as such a baby face now I will say Stephen Dickey, I believe, did did notify or or add the caveat that she may have been um, manipulated into that situation. No, you know, David McLean said that as well. Like either, he said, either she is doing this or that. So either she was being manipulated by Sofia Lopez, or they have they were in cahoots, and so. I guess that leaves room for it either way to kind of, you know, go go in and out of whether they would turn her heel or not. But in any, any case, the match, <clears throat> very much worth watching if you didn't watch it already. Uh, Rez hits the finisher on uh, on Serpentine, which is kind of like the Trolling Paradise, although she caught it low. Uh, Lopez distracts the referee, gets his attention to where, where he is not making the count. Rez gets up. Goes over towards Lopez and the ref, which she gets then hit from behind by Serpentine, which sets her up for the finish, which is a Serpentine driver. Boom. One, two, three. And Serpentine gets the win. Reyes is, unfortunately, comes up a little short in this match. But still, good match. Very good. Very enjoyable. I would, I would watch it again. The next segment, segment six, the video package with Siren and Holiday, which sets up the match. The uh, the setup for these these uh, Siren Voodoo doll moments 
uh, seems pretty consistent where Holiday is going on in the background and it is uh, Siren who is delivering the verbiage here. She's you know speaking more or less in rhyme about what they are going to do to their upcoming opponents, which is the Psycho Sisters. This is a tag team tournament matchup, which I guess would be the start of the second round. Hell, I don't know. They never really admit to it or mention it. Uh, but being that both of these teams won already, so I guess it is the second round. Uh, Nina Monet, Siren, is, is now and has always been good on the microphone. From the moment that I had met her and had her on the mic in front of a camera the first time, she was always good on the microphone. So this package does not surprise me at all. One one thing that I I guess would be considered a surprise to me, I didn't know that she. I know she's good talking off of the cuff. So I know if you're a promoter and you got a book that you ask her to cut a promo for you and you give her bullet points, I know she's good at doing that. What I wasn't aware that she was good of, because I assume that this is scripted. Uh, you know, may, maybe she's doing it just right off her head. If I see her again, I'll, I'll have to ask. But uh, I assume that this dialogue that or this monologue that she's doing, the rhymes and whatnot, I assume that's all a scripted thing. I didn't know that she was good at that. And it comes off well, you know. She she has thrown herself into this character. Now I will add, I think part of her being as good in being siren as it as she is, is that it's not that far removed from who Nina Monet is independently. As uh, I've we've seen the transition for those that have followed uh, her over her career. We've seen the transition from Nina Monet just as heel wrestler to the voodoo queen, you know, Nina Monet and Siren the Voodoo Doll. So, you know, she she has a a firm grasp on who she is in the ring. And, and, and I think that translates well to uh, the wild universe where she is able to do this stuff. And it doesn't require... Her having to be told, okay, this is who you are. This is this is how you're gonna do it. Maybe they give her a little bit of direction, but I cannot possibly imagine that it requires her to get a, a boatload of this is what you're gonna do. This is how you're gonna say it, so on and so forth. She's better than that. So we go from from that video package to a backstage scene, which has Sofia Lopez meet. Uh, Lana Star. Well, actually, it's the other way around. It's like Lana Star walks up on Sofia Lopez, and she pretty much asks her, "You know, this is this is a short scene. Sofia, what's your secret to getting these title matches?" And Sofia responds to her first in Spanish, and then she breaks it down to English. You're like, you know that, you know, there's an old saying, "You scratch my back, I scratch you," something like that. I just, it, I, I, I wish I could say that was exactly what it was. <laughs> I don't. I should have wrote that in my notes. But uh, basically saying, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And that brings a smile to Lana Star's face. So now we got Lana Star going into this back room with Sofia Lopez. And we've seen Lana and Sofia have uh, business doings together before. And that, that was another person I forgot that Sofia Lopez kind of represented her briefly, at least, 
in some of those side segments in the uh, previous wild episodes. So, so again, I, I, I reiterate the point. Sophia Lopez is top manager that the wild universe has. Until I see something different, she is the one. And uh, she, she, at this point, she should probably remain the one. She, she gets most of the stuff done. More storylines can be done around her. I like, I like Sophia. Um, so we have that. And, of course, th- that is going to set up for something. At this stage of the show, we don't know what it's setting up for, but we know something is going to happen. Segment 8. The Psycho Sisters, who I've been a little bit critical of, or at least one-third of the Psycho Sisters I've been critical of. The Psycho Sisters vignette, they're talking, that they're, they're cutting a promo in response to Siren and Holiday, which, again, I, I I can't really knock it because that's what you're supposed to do. You have a, you got a promo cut on you, you cut a promo back. And uh, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was good to hear Razor and Fury cut the promo back at uh, Siren and Holiday, even though Holiday didn't speak. Holiday is the muscle, and I like her role. I'm going backwards now. <laughs> Holiday is the is the is the muscle in in the uh, package, and 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 Nina or Siren, I should say, is the is the is the verbiage, which is not unlike when I first met her. When I first met Nina Monet, she she was the talk. If you want, if you wanted a promo from her, I mean, if you wanted a promo from the team at the team at the time, I'm, I'm sure this is all, you know, water under bridge for her now. But at the time, she was a part of a team called Pain and Pleasure. And if you were talking to Pain and Pleasure, then you talked to Nina Monet. Nina Monet was was the verbiage. Uh, arguably her partner was was the work in the ring at, at the time but Nina has since evolved so I'm, I'm sure that's that's no longer the case but uh the psycho sisters were a little bit opposite in their in their vignette in that both fury and razor although fury did most of the talking were the ones cutting the promo back mesmera finally speaks and she said all the Two words. I uh, <laughs> this is pro- this is the first criticism that I am going to give for the show. I was I was enjoying the show up to this point. I like the show up to this point, but I still don't damn get it. I don't understand what is with Mesbro. I don't understand why she's there. I don't understand the point of having this third sister who doesn't do anything. I just. I just I mean, well, we we went a month practically, and and she hadn't said two words. And when she finally speaks, she literally says two words. So we got Mesmera, and she 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 does that, and she's got the the the, the weird clown makeup deal happening there, and it leads up into the next match. Now, in this particular case, it I, I think Mesmera only served a purpose of being there to move for another storyline, which I'm not entirely sure was necessary, but we'll get into that. This is a heel versus heel match, which I'm perfectly fine with because it's a tournament match and you, and under normal circumstances, if you're in a tournament, then you go up against whoever you go up against. Whoever you're bracketed up against, that's you know that's just how the, the dominoes fall. 
So I didn't have any issue with, with that. Uh, I still wish they would at least uh, 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 let some sort of bracketing information go. I think that would be nice to know what we're dealing with as, as viewers. But uh, again, I'm pretty well convinced at this stage that they're just doing that to maintain some ability to change stuff if they want to. That That is my guess. <clears throat> but heel versus heel, in this particular case, I don't mind it because of the, the tournament standings. And we start off with the two teams kind of trying to fake each other out. They're like, hey, we want to shake hands. But all four of them are shaking hands with the other hand behind their back. And Nina Mon Nina Monet, sorry. Siren, I'm going to try to address her as her wild superhero name. Siren is the one that you can see on camera clearly with her fingers crossed. Now, all of them have it, but Siren's the one that's in camera shot that you can see very easily. So we know what is happening here. We know all four of them are just trying to play the next person for a sucker. Uh, and it starts off kind of as a brawl. They all just start wailing at each other, and, 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 and it turns into like a exchange of hits between all four competitors until it settles itself down into a standard tag match. The, we have both teams who are willing to do the uh, uh, do what it takes to win. That being cheat, distract the referee, this, that, and the other. They start off, they, and pronouns, Siren and uh, Holiday start off in control of this thing, but they Mesmer does the heel manager thing and, and distracts just enough to get the advantage. And so now the Psycho Sisters gain control. So I guess that's one check for Mesmer. She does something. She she does the, the distracting deal, which, you know, it's always good if you're a tag team, if you if you heal tag team, you have a manager that gives you a little bit more of a of a room to kind of manipulate and maneuver the referee. Even though she didn't maneuver the referee, she just literally started talking to uh, I think Holiday and just distracted her. <clears throat> so we got that, and then the cycle sisters take control. But uh, oh, sorry, they had to take control over Nina. Oh, damn, that says Siren. <laughs> See, I'm used to calling her Nina Monet. Um, I'm used to that. So, take control of a siren. Siren then has to kind of work her way and fight to get to uh, her her side. Makes the tag out to Holiday. And Holiday now takes control and beats up on Razor. Now, it's Razor's turn to take the beating and, and be pounded into oblivion and whatnot. And one thing I will say about them as a team, them being Siren and Holiday, is that they were able to maneuver the referee without the benefit of having a third person out there. It just kind of, hey, ref, look at them. They're going over there to do something. The ref goes over to stop uh, Fury from coming into the ring and Mesmer from talking whatever it is she's talking. Meanwhile, they're on the other side stomping the life out of Razor. So it works. I mean, but I, but I guess that's just, you know, timing and experience. Who knows? Or, or working it out ahead of time. Either way. Both teams have their cheating moments, so we we are still moving along. There's no real clear-cut uh, uh, moment as to who's going to win this thing <clears throat> up until 
Princess Ozzy comes running out, out of the blue. She charges in and attacks Mesmera. So this is the moment where I'm like, I guess this is the, the purpose of having Mesmera there to give Ozzy something to do, which uh, when she does this, brings, well, Holiday's already on the floor kind of squaring off with, with Mesmera, but it brings the four of them, Mesmera, Fury, Holiday, and Ozzy, out to the floor, and now they're they're kind of doing that thing. Referee saying, "Hey, knock it off!" Uh, Siren catches Razor with the uh, Voodoo Driver, and another one, two, three, and Siren and Holiday become the first team to advance in the second round. Uh, this is the first time I, I guess we got to address the Princess Ozzy story. So last week, they were talking about Ozzy. looks like she might be under the spell, which I didn't see, which is what I meant earlier. It was like when they say things that aren't clearly evident or they haven't dropped the Easter egg about it or they haven't done anything that would lead you to otherwise believe that this is taking place. I didn't see it last week. I looked at it again. I still don't see it. This week, it, I could you can see that because Ozzy comes out to help uh, the team of Siren and Holiday, which... In theory, you would believe, why would she come out there and help them? They kidnapped her. They did this, now the other. But uh, so inexplicably, she's helping the people that, that kidnapped her in the first place. And my thought was, all right, they, they got two paths they could go with this. Because Ozzy was being attacked by the Psycho Sisters a week ago. When she was getting beat up by all three. And then the Holiday and Siren came out and stopped it. So you have that storyline that you can play where Ozzy's like, hey, I just, I'm just returning the favor. Now we're even. Now let's stay out of my life. That that could be one. Or they could be going the whole full-fledged. She got turned or converted by uh, Siren, and now she belongs to you know part of the unit or whatever. I don't, it, 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 all of that's possible. But in any case, they win. They advance to the next round. They they. Uh, the next round. I don't even know who <laughs> if they're ever going to acknowledge that. But Siren Holiday moved forth. They're the first team to do it. So now we're waiting on the rest of them. Uh, I've given the, the names of the people who are left in the tournament because I would imagine since we are starting this up, there should be no more entries into this tag team tournament. We should be done with that. So we got uh, Amber O'Neill and Jesse Jones, Grits and Glam. They are uh, in the second round. Uh, the Monsters of Madness, who we saw earlier in this episode, they are also in the second round, having squashed the Dixie Darlings the, the, the first round, which I'm not even sure why they were in the tournament to begin with. Uh, Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chella, they are also uh, in the second round, as are Fire and Adrenaline. So the Psycho Sisters become the first team knocked out of the second round, and and uh, Siren Holiday sit comfortably in the third. Uh, at least we assume, <laughs> unless they, unless Wow decides to pull some nonsense and and change the rules as they go along, which they very well could quite possibly do. Now, of the teams that I just named, I have no idea who belongs to what. I don't know who's bracketed up against the next person. I don't know uh, where this, you know, where they would be going 
If I were going to take a guess at this stage, I would think it would be Amber O'Neill, Jesse Jones against Sassy Massey, Chantilla Chella, and the Monsters of Madness versus Fire and Adrillin. That would be my guess. Those those would be the pairings that I could see if for no other reason because I, I don't perceive the Monsters of Madness as losing. I think that they're going to steamroll over the next person and go up into the third round. But here's where the problem lies with that amount of teams and why I say they probably will never release the brackets because they're going to need to have some way to just throw something in there or throw some monkey wrench in there so that they can have a finals. If you look, if you were to write these teams out, if you were to bracket them off right now, there's no way that you can have an even bracket. It, 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 it doesn't mix. It doesn't jive. So, so, some team either would have to get a bye going into the finals. I don't know why they would get one or how they would explain that, but some some team or or at least two teams here would have to get a bye walking right into the finals, or they're just going to have to make something up to where <laughs> one of these teams are able to uh, wrestle twice or wrestle a phantom team or something like that. But other than that, I mean, there, there's no way to get there. I mean, for all I know, because again, we have no information about this, and this this is the this is one of those things I've been critical of, on them about. We have no information about the tag team tournament. So for all we know, Siren and Holiday could be in the finals, just waiting for for whoever it is that they're going to take on for the tag team titles. They they could be the ones, but we won't know that because until they unleash it or they reveal it, it's just all hearsay, and. We got weeks of this. We got weeks of this. We don't we don't know where when when where or how that's going to end. So I don't know. So if you wanted some critical moment in this review, there you go. It's the it's the bracketing of the tag team tournament, and it's the character Mesmera, because I still do not get why she's there. If she's going to be a manager, just let her be a manager. I mean they they they. They talked about her having an in-ring debut almost a month ago now, and she hadn't done anything. I mean, like I said, she barely spoke, much less had a match. So, I don't know. Perhaps that will all change. So we move on. We now, we now we, we got the semi-main event, we'll say. We know who's going next up for the, the titles. And we go to segment 10. The video package with the Beast and Jungle Girl, which they released early. So if, if you haven't seen it, you know you can see it on your DVR if you if you recorded the show. If you didn't record the show, it is on uh, uh, not the show, but the video package I'm talking about. It is on the Women's Pro Wrestling Network um, Facebook page. There's a link that shows you the the package. Very well done. I, I've never had any issues with the video packages that they produce for their 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 stars. I mean, I, I know when when David McLean is talking on in the Wow Scope, 
That's exactly what he's doing. He's talking within the wild scope. He's he's not talking to, he's not addressing them as being, you know, nominally speaking, not addressing them as being part of any other wrestling organization or on the independence. They talk about it every once in a while, but usually during a match. They certainly don't say it during the uh the uh video packages. They they present as if, you know, WoW is the only wrestling promotion in the world. And that's fine. I got, I have no problem with that because they're supposed to present WoW as as if it is the the end all be all and they and they do that. So, <clears throat> looking at this video package, we got the setup for what will be a number one contenders match, Jungle Girl and the Beast. They are, you know, showing the strength factor between the two of them, the uh the physical fitness factor, the aggression, the the will to be number one. They're showing all of this good stuff in the video package. And I thought it did, did a great job of giving it a big match feel. And it's not often in WoW that you get a big match feel. At least I haven't got that. I haven't I haven't gotten this this idea. Even the even the championship matches weren't always like big match feels. This one felt like a big match. And so I, I liked it for that reason alone. Uh, I, I said earlier that Dave McClain said something during the match that, that kind of stuck with me. It's like, why did he say that? <laughs> and uh, this is another one of things where within the video package, he said something to the effect of, and a locker room brawl that shocked the world. I... I Look, I, I thought the locker room brawl as they had it was interesting to see, but we saw like five seconds of that. I wouldn't go so – I mean, I know, like I just said, WoW exists within its own universe, but I wouldn't go so far to say it was a locker room brawl that shocked the world where we didn't even see the locker room brawl. We saw like two things that happened in there. We saw a spear and we saw, you know, them – throw a couple of punches at each other, trash can get tossed around. But it wasn't like, you know, the the infamous Tupelo concession stand brawl where it just was out of control and they just fought for like 10 minutes and you know they uh, that didn't happen. I mean, maybe it did and we, and they didn't show the footage. I, but if they didn't show the footage, how would we know? If it if they didn't show it, it didn't happen. Wow is a TV show. That happens to have a lot of wrestling in it. And so if it didn't take place on television, then it doesn't take place. That's that's the way that the WOW universe works. I know that these things are taped, and technically speaking, championship matches would have taken place already. But it doesn't exist yet because it hasn't aired yet. And so the same rules apply when we're talking about these locker room things. If there, if there was some sort of big brawl locker room thing that took place over the course of you know five minutes or whatnot if they didn't air it it never happened and you know i i would hope that they would take stuff like that in mind when they'd go forward in the future because i i think they, they probably could have had a great brawl they, it, it might have been interesting you know for them to to fight for you know three or four it ain't got to be lengthy Two or three minutes in the in the locker room just to kind of set the stage of how even these two ladies are. I, I would have loved to see that, but that didn't happen. So you know, we'll we'll let that slide. So we got the next match. Jungle Girl comes out first. 
he can see people trying to shake her hand. She just walks on. She is a, she is uh, taking the role of being the heel, and she is uh, doing it quite well. The Beast is clearly positioned as the babyface in this. So if I'm a betting man, the long-term plans are probably wrapped around the Beast. Speaking of being a betting man, I have to address what I said in some earlier episodes because I also said if I was a betting man, I was betting at the Psycho Sisters the way that they were presenting them that would have gone on to win a championship. Well, I was wrong there because the Psycho Sisters did not win. They've been bumped off. Uh, so in any case, I'm going to just say it again. If you know, if I'm a betting man, I'm thinking that the, the Beast is, is being positioned as – a top girl here, and quite possibly uh, a future champion in WoW. Uh, this is the first time that WoW has really had the opportunity to go forward with a storyline for more than a season. So uh, I think that plays a lot into it now that, now that they can now have long-term storyline. Um, so that that's my, that's my bet. Now I would like to see Joker Girl get it back. That, that's my... My personal opinion, I would like to see that, but I don't, you know, who knows. So, uh, anyway, the main event, going to the match itself. Jungle Girl puts the Beast in jeopardy, but the Beast, you know, turns that around. I mean, she, it's one of those things I do enjoy about that is that Jungle Girl does get the opportunity to at least show that she is capable of damaging the Beast. And not just get steamrolled by her. Because I, I think that would be a mistake, you know, to have her just get beaten, you know, or run over or whatever. Some of those lower tier girls like last week when the Beast beat up on the Krumpus, uh, you know, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the, the ones that they have to sacrifice to the Beast in order to make the Beast. But if you're going to have a main event tier, which clearly we have here in while we got Tessa Blanchard, we got Jungle Girl, we got the Beast. No, that's that's the main event tier as it stands right now. And if that's the case, then then Jungle Girl needs to be able to be competitive with the Beast, and she was. And even with that, she gave way to the Beast when it was necessary to give way to the Beast. She beat her up a little bit, ran across the ring, charged at a full throttle, tried to catch her on a high cross body, and it showed off the beast strength. She catches her, turns that into a power slam, boom, goes down to the mat, and now Jungle Girl's writhing in pain, you know, on the mat. It's little moments like that where, you know, it's kind of like those those old school wrestlers back in NWA. It's like, yeah, you could talk a tough game, you could be tough, you can do all that, but when the time is right, you got to back it off a little bit. got to throttle it down. And I thought that that was one of those moments that Jungle Girl had. I am convinced that her wrestling style as it stands today stems from the fact that she had a flirtation with the independent wrestling circuit. I know she learned wrestling from a while. I know she learned the moves. I know she, you know, her, she's always physically fit and all that stuff like that. <clears throat> but when WoW ended in 2001 and she chose to pursue wrestling for a little while longer, I think she did it for a year, year and a half, possibly two years, just wrestling under her given name, Erica Porter, 
she learned a lot and she admitted that she learned a lot at least learned you know through psychology learned how to tell the story in the ring where she doesn't have to you know lay it out necessarily for people to 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 she didn't have, you don't have to spoon fit it to the people through the verbiage you can tell that story through the the physical body language that's going on in the ring and she has done that every time i've seen jungle girl i mean you know rustle in the ring I know some people would say, you know, she the pace is a little bit different, but the pace is such to where anybody that's watching it can understand what's going on. You can look at that match and you can see what's happening. You can understand that I'm working the back. You can understand that I'm that I'm trying to stay away from her her strength and her body. You can understand that I'm faking her out and trying to get the advantage any way that I can, which she did. You know, she they had a shoving contest in the in the beginning stages of it. Jungle Girl goes down, which shows the beast as potentially being the stronger of the two. Jungle Girl gets back up and she's shaking her head, like, okay, yeah, right. And, you know, you, you want to show me who's strong. She flexes, shows how shows that body that she had, which which you know, I can't say it enough. Genetic marvel that Jungle Girl. But Beast is pretty, you know, she she's a thicker frame and and you know, probably a genetic marvel too. But but Jungle Girl flexes, shows that body of hers, and like, yeah, you want to show me how strong you are? Show me how strong you are. And fakes her out into going into a, a test of strength, raises her hand. Soon as the beast looks up to try to lock up the hands with her, she gets kicked in the guts. That right there. Those subtle moments, those little things that she does that help move the story along. It means a lot. And I think it, it works well. So anyway. We've got this. We got the match going. <clears throat> I think Jungle Girl's objective, or I should say, you know, let's pull back the curtain. I think the objective there was to make sure that the beast came off as as strong as she possibly could, and she 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 still came off strong. See, even though there were these moments where Jungle Girl took control, the beast never looked like she was lacking for power. So we have Jungle Girl who manages to get the beast down. She puts her onto the mat, plants her. Now we know what she's doing. She is going up top for her finish, her coup de grace. She's trying to hit that splash because it has been a protected move in the wild universe. When she hits it, the match is done. She goes up, goes goes outside, prepares to go up, I should say, and then out from the back comes the lioness who grabs Jungle Girl's leg, pulls Jungle Girl down, goes down to the mat. <coughs> Jungle Girl... Pushes off or fights off the lioness. Lana stars out there also. She sees Jungle Girl gets into the ring and backs up into the beast. She now feels the beast on her. You know, she has that moment like, oh, gosh, she's behind me, isn't she? She has that moment. Turns around. The beast picks her up, plants Lana Star, boom, right there in the mat. Now, I will say this. I have to give credit where credit's due because I gave it last week and I want to give it now. Even if Lana Star is incapable of wrestling, and I'm not sure that she can wrestle. I know that they said, hey, I've, I've been cleared, I can wrestle. But even if she is not capable and, and they're just doing smoke and mirrors, you got to give her credit that she is willing to take the bumps. You got to give her credit for that. You know, because even though I think Sofia Lopez is the top heel manager there, Lana Star is the only one that actually you 
have seen get put into the ring and get her comeuppance. Like, I take the punishment so that my client or my charge or, you know, whoever I'm representing doesn't have to. And that's basically what Lana's done. The Lioness hasn't lost the tag team match as Lana Starr did. The Lioness didn't get brutalized or beaten up by the bees Lana Starr did. So, I, you know, I, I like that. I like that that approach. I like that that Lana Starr is willing to take the uh, the bumps for it. It's, it speaks highly of her and Lana Kinnear, in, in my opinion, that, uh, you know, because I'm pretty sure that if she didn't want to do those bumps, she wouldn't have to. I'm pretty sure and that if she just decided like, hey, I just want to be a personality here and I don't want to, you know, don't don't bump me around and stuff like that, they probably wouldn't do it. She's been there long enough to where they would give her some slack. I, I, I'm 98% positive of that. But in this particular instance, she takes it. And, you know, I'm not going to say good on her because I'm sure it still hurts her body, but you know, bravo to her and much credit to her for doing it. But in any case, that happens. The referee sees all of this. And then we get the DQ. Jungle Girl wins the match by disqualification, which forwards her as the number one contender now to Tessa Blanchard. And we see Tessa, you know, as Jungle Girl says that into the into the uh the camera and and the commentators pretty much verified as like you know a win is a win here didn't say how you won as long as you won so she wins by disqualification that means Jungle Girl is not a number one contender and uh, the Beast is for the time being eliminated from that that mix up so we see Tessa she's looking at this on her tablet she's watching the show and laughing like ha I got what I wanted or whatever the case may be and, and it is suggested through that piece of video footage that that Tessa Blanchard somehow manipulated or controlled or had something to do with the outcome. And that was the full-on review of WOW. Now, I will add one thing to the the whole deal here with uh, uh, Tessa Blanchard, or, or I should say the main event scene in general. And I know I, I mentioned this on a previous review. I don't mind the convoluted endings. I don't. But I'm starting to feel like they should minimize these convoluted endings, these run-ins, these, these misfires, these no contests, these DQs. Of the time that I've watched WoW, up to, we're seven episodes in, which is basically about, you know, we're, we're heading on two months, essentially. Of the time that I've watched WoW and reviewed the show, I've seen that I can recall one clean finish. Pretty much. I think that may, maybe two. The rest of them have been, you know, just run-ins and interference and this, you know, this, this, that, and the other. If it hadn't been Tessa Blanchard in a championship match, the the ending has been in dispute, seemingly. I mean, now if, if anybody out there can recall another one that I'm missing because I, it's been a while, but if, I'm, but if I'm thinking about that, if we got seven episodes of this, two of them finished 
find the other five were in some level of dispute. Tag team match thrown out. Match between Jungle Girl and, and the Beast thrown out. You know, the, the, or in, in some sort of dispute. Interference by somebody else. You know, it's, it's just been one thing after another with that. And I'm not necessarily opposed to run-ins and no contests or DQs and things like that. I just don't want it to be overwhelming in the main event scene. You know, even if that uh, finish led to Jungle Girl getting a disputed pin, I would have preferred the pin. If Lana Star and Linus came out and somehow interfered, which Jungle Girl then was able to take advantage of, she hits the beast, nails with a splash, one, two, three, you know, and we move on. Then, then we we got something. But I don't, you know, I, I'm I'm not fond of it, and and I. I can understand part of that is probably let's not have the beast lose by pinfall. Let's keep her strong. And by that, she will always be able to claim that, well, you know, it took this for me to lose or I was never pinned and this, that, and the other, which is, which is fine. But cases like this kind of work you into a corner. It it backs you up. You know, it, it, it's, it's one of them things where it's hard to give you a, a justified ending and not sacrifice somebody's record. <clears throat> we just saw that not too long ago with The Fiend and Seth Rollins and the Hell in the Cell and them doing the DQ finish inside the Hell in the Cell, which is stupid. But they did that because they clearly did not want to pin The Fiend. We got The Fiend here, but he's going into a main event championship match. We don't want Seth Rollins to lose, but we don't want... Uh, uh, the, the fiend to lose either it's very similar like we got Jungle Girl who's the legacy of this company and she's a tough cookie and we you know she needs to be presented as such but we we got the, the beast and we don't want her to lose but we don't want Jungle Girl to lose either so let's construct a win that Jungle Girl can advance without having to beat the beast and you know the beast can lose without actually being pinned and that's fine, but I wish that if they were going to do that, they would have removed the preceding uh, screw job finishes of, over the past couple of weeks. You know, let's have some definitive wins. Pinfall or submission. You know, uh, like everybody else gets pinfalls and submissions except for the main events. Like how, how are these guys the top of the top and then they're unable to get these pins. You know, they, they need to have them. They need to have some. You know, e even when Jungle Girl separated and she was beating up on uh, 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 Chantilla, no, Sassy Massey. She was beating her up and she clearly was going to win the match, but they, you know, she didn't she didn't pin them. They took that, you know, it, it ended in a, a basically a no contest where it, it was a great showcase for Jungle Girl, but it didn't. <clears throat> she didn't get that pinfall, you know, and, and maybe that's nitpicking, but you know, to to me, I, I think you know, if you're gonna hold that that position and you're gonna be strong, then she should have it. She should have that pinfall victory that gets her uh, where she needs to be and moves her forward. But that's just my two cents. Leave your comments about that below. Leave your comments and your questions below. 
uh, you know, for, for anything that you may want to talk about as, as it relates to WoW. I've addressed one comment uh, earlier about the video games, so, you know, that, that I guess that's my one per show. Uh, but you can you can email me at mrgreen75 at hotmail.com if you have a question that you want presented on air, or you can leave a comment below either here on Facebook, our Facebook YouTube, our Facebook page. I don't know why I was saying Facebook YouTube channel. That's ridiculous. But our Facebook page, Women's Processing Network, just type that out. You will find us. Or you can, uh, like I said, leave the uh, comments below on uh, on these releases, these uh, podcasts. Again, this podcast is available where greater podcasts are, are presented. iTunes, Podbean, uh, TuneIn, uh, Spotify. It, 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 there's a there's a bunch of them where you can go in. If you haven't gotten it, uh, just search it out. Just Women's Pro Network WPN is the uh, is the thing that you would do under any podcast, and we should pop right up. I've never had a problem looking for it, and this pushes out to all of those. The MP3 version of this podcast is available. I always try to link it off. So if you are somebody that likes to listen to your stuff on the go, the link should be in the description below. You should uh, be able to click that, download it, and, and listen it to it on your on your chosen device. And uh, that should do it for this episode. I already said that we are looking to push out a, a match uh, in the, really soon. The Natural Born Legend, Crystal Rose, taking on the Queen of Wrestling, Casey Carlock. Keep your eyes open for that. That should be a good one. Uh, hopefully, we got some, some more matches available for you. And remember, these matches are always free. And speaking of free matches, you should go to our website, WPNWrestling.com, where we have just 24 hours a day of matches and content all day, every day, seven days a week. It is nothing but the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. So if you are a fan or if you are a supporter, that is the best way. That is one of the best ways that you can show that support is by uh, logging on. Well, not logging on, just going to the website and clicking that button and letting that run because those analytics mean the world. They, they show that we do have the audience that we have claimed that we have. So uh, if you are watching it, be sure to check it out there. Be sure to check us out on YouTube. Be sure just to check us out. Wherever you happen to, to be, wherever you can find this stuff, we appreciate it. So, with that, if you would be so kind, make sure that you subscribe. Click the bell if you're on YouTube. Subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a review. Leave the comments and your questions, and I will get to it next episode. And, you know, I forgot... <coughs> I forgot to read the poll for uh, last week's show. That that being last week's wow show. So I'm going to do that real quick uh, before we move on and before we close out the program. I did put a poll up on Facebook asking what people thought about wow's episode, episode six. Uh and it was it, it, it remains overwhelming. It remains an overwhelming uh, positive for a while. Eighty-eight uh, percent voted th- voted it was great. The, the the options here are it was great or it sucked. And out of forty-one people that voted, eighty-eight percent of you voted it was great. Twelve percent voted it sucked. So, hey, 
I guess the the the, the vote is in as as it relates to uh, our show. Uh, and I forgot to read Eric's uh, comment. Uh, 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 I, 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 I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, I promise, Mr. Hoffman. You know, I don't I don't want to carry the show on too long. Uh, it will go up onto the 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 next episode. But uh, there you have it. It, it is uh, an overwhelmingly positive response. And, and just real quick, is his comment is basically, and I'm not doing it verbatim, but uh, he said it reminds him of the glow days without the so-called humor and shtick that the glow used to have. And he prefers watching this show over the Snake Oil Vince McMahon shows. So, hey, there you have it. That That is uh, that's high praise, man. So thank you, Eric, for leaving that comment below. I just had to get that in real quick. Because I might forget next week, so I'll just do it now. Uh, that's it. That's it. The new poll will be up. It will be available for you to vote what you think of the episode. Did you like it? Did you not? Uh, leave your your comments. I, I, I make my opinions about the shows public every week. You know what my opinion about the last one was? I wasn't very fond of it. It was good, but I thought it could, you know it had its issues. But always, always, always leave your comments because I, I love reading them. I, I like seeing what other people thought about it. I love the conversation about it. I love to be engaged with those things. So with that note, I will say that is the, the full show, the full review. Thank you for tuning in to the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. And this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying So long, everybody, and we will see you on the next go-round.